sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Friends, Jesus' baptism is radical. The ripping open of the sky to the descending of the Holy Spirit on Jesus and by extension on us too. According to Paul's theology, uh, our lesson today, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, that is, upon you. This baptism in Jesus is no small sweet thing. It is earthquaking heaven-splitting, new path-setting, irrevocable, rearranging, resurrecting, recreating, revolutionary, radical action here and now and in our face for us to deal with and to enjoy. It is chaos losing to order, violence being swamped by peace, It is tyrannical empire of Caesar's Rome being washed away in the rush of Jesus. It is evil falling to love divine. Baptism is death dying to life in Christ. Baptism is death dying to life in Christ. And we're only four verses into the Gospel of Mark. (laughs) This is chapter one. Might be the shortest of the Gospels, but it packs a punch. Its traditional symbol is the roaring lion. You know, you can see this all over in art and architecture. Clear, sharp, immediate, irreversible. Why? Why is this? Why was Mark writing this Gospel with such life-over-death urgency? Many scholars think that Mark was writing in Rome during the reign of Emperor Nero. It's the first gospel to be written. It comes second in our order, and that's another topic, and I think there's good reason for it, but but it is the earliest written gospel in the 60s. The Emperor Nero was at odds, you see, with Rome's aristocracy at that time. Because Nero wanted to make Rome architecturally as grand and glorious as the former empire, Greece, Athens in particular. I mean, Rome was a new empire, but it's still kind of a baby empire. And so they wanted to show it with their buildings, at least Nero did. But that meant some of the old buildings needed to go. At the very least, they needed a renovation. The old mansions on the hills of Rome, where the senators lived, the aristocracy, the elite. So there was a squabble because many of them did not want their houses demolished and rebuilt. There's history there in those bricks. There's love there for those buildings. I think any of us can understand that. So there's a squabble. The powers of Rome were divided. Old money versus new money, perhaps you could say. And Nero was clever and evil. And one night, mysteriously, 
Mysteriously, in the year 64, the whole city of Rome caught fire. Hmm. Except, hmm, the poorer immigrant quarter of town, the Jewish quarter. And the area also across the Tiber River. We talked about that area before, who lived over there. It's like the other side of the tracks. Jewish quarter, I mean, the early Christians were Jews. Let's not forget that. There was no really clear line between those two groups. Certainly it wasn't two different religions. This is 64. And theological differences really didn't matter to the emperor anyway. He just needed a scapegoat. And the newest immigrants are always fresh meat for having blame heaped on them. The powerless got pointed at. So the Christians will do just fine. Nero's problem is solved and the conflict inside the halls of power ends as Rome is now reunified by their anger and hatred toward those on the edges. There was no question now. Jesus' followers had to go. They burned our city. And so began that horrible chapter of Romans hunting down Christians, knocking on doors like Gestapo police in the Jewish quarter, asking if a household followed Christ or who in the household followed Christ or is their allegiance instead with the nation of Rome. And a choice had to be made constantly for those early Christians, constantly, even inside the family. And if I follow Jesus was the answer, it would mean you would be ripped out of your home and herded with the other professing Christ believers to the Circus Maximus, which is kind of like two times the size of a high school football stadium. Twice the length. That'd be a hill. It wouldn't probably be as high as the seating at uh, our, even our high school stadiums. Uh, but there was a hill. And there was a section on that hill where the emperor would have his box. Uh, the other aristocrats would have kind of nice seating there, sort of right at the 50-yard line. Um, but everybody could gather around um, on the hill and watch what was happening in the Circus Maximus. And um, that is where the Christians would be, let's just say, martyred. I'll leave out the gory details. Do you see why Mark's gospel was a matter of life and death? <laughs> would you have confessed Jesus and risked being dragged out to certain torture? Or would you have stayed comfortably in bed with the world's most powerful country? These were not Christians in Ephesus. <laughs> Far from Rome, along the beautiful coast of what is now Turkey, where Rome was present, but the Roman thumb of total dedication and loyalty, the capital, 
the Roman thumb of loyalty to the son of God, that is Caesar, the emperor, was so concentrated and so demanded. No, in Ephesus and in other places around the ancient Mediterranean, the church could stretch more, you know, could bask a bit more, could take its time more with long and colorful metaphors for what it means to follow and know Christ, our, our good shepherd, our gate, our light, our bread, our lamb, pondering that beautiful truth over olives and Ephesian wines. <laughs> no, this was Rome. And in Rome... Jesus' baptism in Mark's gospel is a renunciation, an absolute rejection of death and the devil. It had to be. New Testament professor Alan Street says, Baptism here is letting your subscription to Caesar's reign of terror expire. It's burning your draft card to Rome's violent conquest and proclaiming and embracing instead an opposite allegiance, God's new reign of radical justice, compassion, mercy, and peace. Welcome, friends, to the year of Mark. When it says that the heavens were torn open in our gospel for today, that Greek word is powerful. It's irreversible, too. According to Mark and scholar Don Jewell, God is unleashed on the world. That's Mark for us giving hope to those frightened and faithful and few scattered surviving Christians in Rome. Stories of God unleashed on the world is what they secretly gathered around underground. Powerful. Frankly, this is more than most people are willing to sacrifice. This kind of faith is just too risky. This kind of divine love and justice is simply too much to get behind. There's too much at stake. This baptism of Jesus is too big. We'd all probably want to shrink it down a little bit, tone it down a little bit, put it back into a box or, or a bowl, just a little bowl of water at the font. Keep it sweet and sentimental. A nice excuse to have a small reunion with family, some cake. Friends in Christ, this baptism of Jesus holds up. This baptism of Jesus holds up to fear and chaos, the uncertainty and the cruelty then and today also. This baptism of Jesus is no small sweet thing. But we're in. We are covered in those waters. This baptized life is often not an easy one. Practicing our faith is a choice. There will be confrontation with forces of evil, with chaos and violence. If the baptism of Jesus is for us too, as Paul proclaims it is, then that same Holy Spirit descends on you and you too make your stand in the Jordan and join Christ for the journey. And it is nothing short of a stand against Satan. Those three little drips of water from a tiny bowl in a peaceful sanctuary, a nice white gown, some cake, some family, some pictures. And yet, in that discipleship, 
is going to hurt. It's going to leave us bruised and struck down, but not destroyed. This is the descending of the Holy Spirit on you. This is God's a trouble in the waters. This is life in Christ, life in the Spirit, life in that divine peace that passes all understanding. That life is yours today and tomorrow as we remember and pray and act on Dr. Martin Luther King's day. That life is yours in all our earthly days and into eternity. That baptized life in Christ is yours. Death dying to life in Christ. No small thing. Thanks be to God. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, the... start over. <laughs> okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You could edit.